The following is a Cryptocurrency Wire audio production. Cryptocurrency Wire is one of 50 plus trusted brands from the Investor Brand Network, IBN. As a multifaceted financial news and publishing company, Investor Brand Network uses its network of more than 5,000 key distribution outlets, as well as other corporate communication tools, to introduce public and private companies to a wide audience of investors, consumers, journalists, and the general public. Our reputation for highly efficient communication strategies is based on the experience and relationships our team has in the space. It is Investor Brand Network's unwavering commitment to connect the investment community with companies that have great potential and a strong dedication to building shareholder value. The following interview may feature a client partner of Investor Brand Network. Investor Brand Network may have been compensated for the production of this interview. Please be sure to read our entire disclaimer for full disclosure. Hi, Peter. How are you today? I'm doing well, Jonathan. How are you? Oh, doing fantastic. Thank you so much for joining us here at Cryptocurrency Wire, one of the 50 brands part of the Investor Brand Network. We're going to be sending this out to quite a few uh, audiences that have been following us over the years. Not everybody is familiar with crypto, uh, but why don't we start with just hearing a little bit about yourself and your current focus? Yeah, great. So my, my name is Peter McCormack. I'm uh, the host of the What Bitcoin Did podcast, which is obviously about Bitcoin. I also host a second podcast called Defiance, which is investigative, more investigative journalism. Um, I'm also based in the UK, a little town called Bedford, about 40 minutes north of London. But most of my time, day in day, it was uh, focused on Bitcoin. Awesome. So as someone outside of the US borders and just went through Brexit, from your perspective, how does Bitcoin compare to major fiat currencies? Well, it's, a, it's an interesting question because uh, Bitcoin is a form of com a competing form of money, um, uh, but it's not like a fiat currency. Uh, right now, it's too volatile really to be used for day-to-day uh, -day purchases, and so people tend to uh, tend to treat it much more like a store of value, a bit more like gold. But the reason they tend to do it, tend to do that is because of fear over the debasement of fiat currencies. Obviously, we know. Uh, fiat currencies like the pound and the dollar uh, are, are being printed at quite staggering rates right now. Um, during this pandemic, we've obviously seen a lot of pressures put on our governments. And I know the UK, UK government is borrowing at near record rates. Um, I think, I think to this month was something like the third biggest on record, the amount of uh, uh, borrowing. So that's a concern of certain people and people tend to think of where, where can they put money to hold value? I mean, some people might put it into properties and some people might put it into artwork, some people into gold, but increasingly Bitcoin has become an option that people are using and I certainly use it for that. Um, so it's, I wouldn't say it's competing with uh, the dollar and the pound on day-to-day -day purchases um, because as, as we go in this transition to a kind of like a Bitcoin world where Bitcoin is a reserve currency for people, um, people tend to not to want to spend it because they see the value going up over time. There's a lot of uh, case studies where people have uh, regretted selling Bitcoin. There's the guy who sold uh, two pizzas. Well, he says he doesn't regret it and you know he's a good guy, but there's a guy uh, who sold two who bought two pizzas something like in 2010, 2011 for 10,000 Bitcoin. I mean, that now would be hundreds of millions of dollars. Um, so people tend to hold it now and use it as a store of value, um, but it's it's certainly competing as a store of value against other stores of value. 
totally. So there's lots of cryptocurrencies out there. Um, there's other forms of digital assets, such as utility tokens. What's your favorite cryptocurrency? It's <laughs> a good question. Um, I only care about one cryptocurrency and that is Bitcoin. Uh, it's the only one I have an interest in. It's the only one I hold. It's the only one I expect to hold in the future. Um, I believe that a Bitcoin has this unique design um, and this unique design, which will solve what is known as the double spend problem, whereby historically where people had tried to create digital currencies, they had the problem whereby they would spend that currency twice. Bitcoin solved that through a number of unique uh, attributes, which I won't go into now because it's quite complicated. Um, but essentially, you will have heard of this thing called the blockchain. Now, the blockchain has become a marketing term where other people have created other cryptocurrencies and they've created uh, cryptocurrencies where they talk about other features such as it's faster or it has a lower cost of transacting. Uh, but most of the time, these features are, are actually myths and they destroy things such as the security model. Um, so I'll give you a, a very quick example. The, the second biggest cryptocurrency is called Ethereum. Um, both of them use something called a blockchain. So every certain amount of minutes with Bitcoin, it's 10 minutes. I'm not sure what it is with Ethereum. It might be a few seconds, but a new block is created of transactions. And one of the unique things about Bitcoin is that it's decentralized. And what that means is, is that anybody in the world can run a node and validate all transactions. You can run a node. If I send you some Bitcoin, Jonathan, you can check on your node that that is real Bitcoin and you can confirm it and you can hold that. Now, that great thing about doing that is that anyone can become self-sovereign, check the ledger, ensure all transactions are valid. They also support the network. Um, but to do that, to allow anybody, whether it's you or I in a, you know, a developed Western nation with, with a great internet connection and uh, good access to hardware, Bitcoin wants to solve the same problem for somebody who might, might be in a third world country has you know, not such great internet, not such great in access to hardware. Now, Bitcoin has been going for 12 years. The entire blockchain is 360 gigabytes. So that's the entire blockchain. So if you wanted to download the blockchain, you'd have to be able to support 350 gigabytes of data. Most laptops support that these days. You can do it with a Raspberry Pi and a, and a hardware device board of Amazon. With Ethereum, because Ethereum allows a lot more to be done within the blockchain, that's currently running at four terabytes, and it's been going less than half the time of Bitcoin. So it's got significantly more data, and that, that issue is only going to get worse. The problem there is it makes it very difficult for someone like you or I to run a node these nodes really have to be running data centers, places like Infura. Now, that creates a, a, a much easier attack service for if the government wants to attack it. If the government wants to take down Ethereum, it's going to be a lot easier than Bitcoin. I'll give you an example. China banned Bitcoin a few years ago. Um, whilst there was an impact on price, there was no impact on Bitcoin. Every 10 minutes, the blockchains still continued to uh, churn out. Uh, a similar coordinated attack by multiple government agencies would still struggle to switch Bitcoin off. Um, that's not the same with Ethereum. If most Ethereum nodes are being hosted in data centers, it, makes, it means it's an attack surface is, is, uh, is a little bit broader. Um, I also, there's a lot of things I don't like about other cryptocurrencies, um, which are the things I like about Bitcoin. You know, Bitcoin is this fixed 21 million, very hard, solid, way of transferring value around the world. I hold my Bitcoin, it's very secure and I can send it to you and it's very secure. Ethereum uses something called smart contracts to allow people to create applications. But they, these smart contracts can be buggy and there are many, many instances of people who've uh, exploited these bugs 
and been able to steal tens, if not hundreds of millions of dollars. Or there's been a flaw in the bug, which has uh, wiped out money. These kind of things don't happen with Bitcoin. So uh, I've decided to focus my time, my investment and my podcast on focusing on Bitcoin and have zero interest in other cryptocurrencies. Gotcha. And I don't think most people understand just how much bigger Bitcoin's market cap is compared to anything. Um, there's a couple of visuals out there. So have you not been interested in any other altcoins? Obviously, there's some that are very similar to Bitcoin. There are others that use masternodes or other forms of um, locking the network or facilitating transactions. I'm just curious if, if any um, booed you over at, for any period of time. Yeah, so market cap can be misleading. I think the market cap for Bitcoin is one I trust. And do you know what? <laughs> Market lead, market cap for something like Ethereum, yeah, I, you could argue is a fair market cap, but a lot of the other ones you could argue aren't. A lot of these networks are hardly used. So if you look at something like Bitcoin Cash or Bitcoin SV, which are uh, forks of Bitcoin, which basically means they've copied and pasted it in some way. That's the easiest way of explaining it. They have market caps in terms of billions of dollars. But if you actually look at the transaction volume, it's so low. So those market caps are really misleading. Um, I once traded... Uh, altcoins and I did very well and then I did very badly but if you look at the trend for altcoins the long-term trend especially if you price them in bitcoin rather than gold uh, sorry uh, rather than uh, pounds or dollars they tend to trend be trending towards zero um, I don't believe there is a you know we're talking about money here and uh, uh, the best form of money should always win and I believe bitcoin is the best form of money which is where I hold mine um, there is. A, I see why people are attracted to altcoins. Some of your listeners to this, you know, it's very hard for you to like hear about Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies and just suddenly realize Bitcoin is the best and the only one worth putting your time in. And there may be other people you would interview and say, no, you should check out Dash or you should check out Bitcoin Cash. What I what what I hope people do is they look at someone like myself who's been through that journey, understands a bit more. And, and, and saves themselves going down that kind of alleyway of losing money because a lot of people have lost a lot of money on altcoins. I, I, I actually believe many of them are actually shady. Uh, I think they're misleading people. And I just hope people, if they, if they are interested in cryptocurrencies, they just focus their time on Bitcoin. And there's a couple of signals. Yeah, the very, very big signal I would use is go and look at where big companies are investing their money. Uh, there's a company called MicroStrategy. They've put essentially over a billion dollars now into Bitcoin. Uh, there is Mass Mutual. There's Square Crypto. All these companies are putting money into Bitcoin and holding it within their treasuries. They're not doing this with other altcoins, and there's a reason why. And and that's a really good leading indicator for anyone else coming in. But I get it. it you know, they're attracted to the wild, quick, fast gains you can make on these altcoins. But equally, you can make fast, wild, quick losses. Uh, and to me, it's nothing more than a casino. So focus on Bitcoin is my advice. You said so many things there so well. Um, let's move on to another topic. What do you think is the main factor for the massive increase in the overall crypto market cap the last couple of months? Again, I'm going to focus on Bitcoin rather than the crypto market cap. Uh, I think the crypto market cap is led by Bitcoin. Um, I think when Bitcoin's uh, in a bear market, everything's in a bear market and vice versa. Look, there's two main factors for why there's a lot of interest in, well, I say three main factors why there's a lot of interest in Bitcoin at the moment and why the market cap has grown. I'd say, firstly, we're in uh, unprecedented uh, times economically and 
with a pandemic. Um, this pandemic's having a, a, a very, very big impact on the economy as people can't go to work, they're in lockdowns, people can't spend money. That's having an impact on the economy. That is leading to governments having to uh, borrow vast amounts of money to support the economy, to stimulate it. If you're borrowing vast amounts of money, increasing the broad money supply, it's very much likely going to lead to inflation, and people are, you know, people are looking again. Where can I put my money? But it isn't just people like you or me. It's companies too. Uh, the bond market isn't in a particularly good place. We're also seeing negative interest rates. I expect we're going to see major currencies devalue over the next ten years, and uh, so people are looking for life, ra life rafts. Bitcoin is one like gold. So that's the first one. Um, I think the second one is just the market cycle of Bitcoin. Bitcoin operates on a four-year market cycle. So just to educate your audience a bit, the way Bitcoin works is that there will only ever be 21 million Bitcoin. And the Bitcoin is found through this process of mining, which is too much for today, but just consider it like gold mining, except there's computers that are mining Bitcoin. Every single day, there are 900 new Bitcoin, which are minted, which are mined and found by, by the Bitcoin miners. Um, that previously was 1,800. So every time they mine a block, they get a reward. When Bitcoin first launched, it was 50 Bitcoin. After four years, that dropped to 25. After four years, to 12 and a half. And after the last cycle, it dropped to 6.75. In another uh, th three and a half years, again, that will halve again. Satoshi Nakamoto, who designed and invented Bitcoin, designed it that way to front load the system, to create that incentive for those who took a bigger risk earlier on. Now, if you look historically at the price action for Bitcoin, usually six months, to, within six months to a year after a halving event, uh, we start to see a bull run. We start to see the price uh, increase. It's because there's uh, a, a, a limited uh, supply in the market. That also brings new people into market and just basic economics 101. More, uh, more, more, more demand, lowering supply is going to see an increase in, in price. And this is exactly what we're seeing. We're seeing more people coming into the market. And then the third thing I'll add into that is that Bitcoin has become this tool for corporate treasuries. We are seeing companies put money into it. And one company is leaning to another, is leaning to another. And, and we, are, we are seeing a massive increase in that. So all these things are converging into, at the moment, and that's creating this cycle, which has seen Bitcoin you know, a couple of weeks ago accelerate to $42,000 of Bitcoin. For sure. So let's just talk about the comparison to gold. Obviously, if we had to compare Bitcoin to anything, um, gold is, is really the, the closest comparison uh, in terms of how it's generated or acquired, and then also in terms of its usability and why it's important to the world today. Um, what are some ways that Bitcoin is better than gold? Yeah, so let's start with the mental leap. I think some people struggle to compare Bitcoin to gold if they've not invested in Bitcoin because they think of gold as this precious lump of metal that you can create jewelry out of. And I get that. I understand that. Saying something, saying an alternative, which isn't, which is essentially zeros and ones on a computer has more values. It's difficult for people to get their head around. But that is the comparison we use. And the reason we use that is because uh, gold has a use case, and its use case is mainly industrial, but also a jewelry. Bitcoin has a use case, which is censorship-resistant transfers of wealth and seizure-resistant money. What that means is 
if I want to send you money via the bank, especially as you're in the US, that's quite difficult. I have to put in all the details. Also, if I send you a lot of money, the bank might say, what's that for? They might not allow it. Similar with PayPal. If I want to send you Bitcoin, I can send it to you. You send me an address and it'll be with you within an hour. You'll see it immediately. And that happens without any third party in the middle being involved in the decision. That, that's what I mean by censorship resistant. No one can stop us. Um, it also sees your resistance. No one can steal your Bitcoin from you. You, know, it's, it, you own the private keys. You are, you are self-sovereign. It's not like the bank where it's an IOU. So there's lots of other use cases for Bitcoin. But let's say Bitcoin has a use case and gold has a use case. But they are both limited in supply. Uh, there's 240,000 tons of gold above and below ground on planet Earth, and there's 21 million Bitcoin. They're both forms of money in that you can pay for things with them. The reason There are two reasons that Bitcoin is better than gold. Okay, firstly, it's got this magical ability that I can teleport it around the world. Now, if I wanted to send you some gold, I don't even know how I'd ship that to the US. I'd have to find a way. I'd have to trust the process, and it would probably take a few days, maybe a week to get to you. Bitcoin, I can just send it to you straight away. The second thing is, if I wanted to send you $50 of gold from my gold bar, I have to find a way of shaving that off. It's very difficult. It's very difficult to subdivide it. But with, with Bitcoin, I can. I can just, Bitcoin is subdivided to 100 million Satoshis, each one. So it might be that it's, I don't know, 40,000 Satoshis. I'd have to check the number. I'm, I'm bad on my Satoshi math. But I can just send that to you. And, and I don't have to shave it off anything. So those two things make Bitcoin better than gold. The one thing that makes gold better than Bitcoin is its, it's history. It has 5,000 years of being a, a, a tool of money and people trust it because of that. But that's really its own only uh, uh, unique benefit over Bitcoin. Exactly, yeah. That Wow, I'm always impressed with your answers because you say so much uh, with so little words, but obviously you've been talking about Bitcoin for a very long time. Um, but essentially all of our listeners trade stocks. Not everyone is into crypto yet. Uh, so for someone that's new to cryptocurrency, what advice would you give them as a starting point? Well, firstly, uh, if you're trading stocks, uh, the first thing I would do is go and look at the S&P, not valued in dollars, but valued in gold. It will give you a very, very different picture. Um, valued in dollars, it looks like it's going up and up and up. So then you have to ask yourself the question, we're, we've just been through a pandemic, an economic crisis. I, I can't remember how many, like 10, 20 million unemployed in the US. Um, why is the stock market going up? It's because it's being propped up artificially by government borrowing. Um, go, go and look at it valued in gold. You'll see a very different picture. Um, and there's a reason for that. Um, now, I'm not saying don't tr trade stocks and shares, uh, but I just think a balanced portfolio is good. Some people say maybe put 1% into Bitcoin. Some say 5%. It's totally up to you. I have 95% of my wealth in Bitcoin now, and I intend to keep it that way. Um, lesson one, I, I say is just focus on Bitcoin. Really just focus on Bitcoin. Forget about all other cryptocurrencies. It's, it's all a distraction. The second thing is you need to get your head around and get um, uh, comfortable with volatility. The Bitcoin price shoots up and down. Now, people say this is a, a, um, a fault, but you can't really go take a, a new monetary system from zero value to trillions without some volatility. You know, there's going to be times where people are taking profits off the table. Also, it's, we're talking about something which is of limited supply. So you get supply shocks and then you get oversupplies. 
you have to be comfortable with volatility. To be the way to become comfortable with volatility is have a long-term time horizon. I would say don't put any money into Bitcoin that you think you need in the next four years. You need to play out a whole cycle, a whole four-year cycle. Um, I've done two cycles now, and I fully understand that, so I'm very comfortable. You know, Bitcoin can Bitcoin dropped twelve thousand dollars the other day. My dad's phoning me up, and he's all concerned, and I'm like, Dad, don't worry about it. This is good. I'm used to this now because I'm used to the the experience of what's happening. But there is an increase in demand of Bitcoin. More people are coming in. So I'm very comfortable with that. Um, the third thing is people get really scared of the price. They see Bitcoin at $34,000. They think, oh, it's too expensive. I've missed out. So my first point on that is, well, I'm not selling. If I think you've missed out, then I believe you know it's a good time to sell. I'm not selling. I believe on a long enough time horizon, Bitcoin always goes up because there's an increase in demand from an increasing number of people for this form of money. Um, the, the other thing is, it's just a unit price. Yeah, Bitcoin has, there's 21 million, right? With 100 million Satoshis in each Bitcoin. If we change the unit price, like, so the, sorry, the, the, the number of units, the unit price would change. So the unit price scares people off. And even if it does, the best thing to do is just dollar cost average in. You know, buy $100 a month, $1,000 a month, whatever you're comfortable with. And just keep doing that over a long enough time frame. And also, lastly, it's just throw yourself down the rabbit hole. Spend some time learning about Bitcoin. Listen to my podcast. There's a really good article by a guy called VJ Boyaparty. You can put this in your show notes. It's called The Bullish Case for Bitcoin. It compares fear to Bitcoin to gold. It's a very good article. Just keep learning. Keep learning. Um, and you know what? If you don't want to do it, it doesn't matter. Um, but I, I, I would say if you go and buy yourself $50 worth and you transfer it to a wallet, uh, that bit of magic really kind of sends you down the rabbit hole. Gotcha. Yeah, there's a, a common phrase called stacking sats. And uh, anybody that has started buying Bitcoin, you know, for some reason, it's just addicting. Of course, you learn more along the way and then you realize why it should be treasured. Uh, so before we tune out here, do you have any final thoughts and what would be the best way for someone to find your podcast? Yeah, look, Bitcoin's a weird thing. It's a really weird thing to get your head around. It reminds me of when I used to, I love music, right? I've got a lot of CDs. I've got 1,500 CDs in my wardrobe beer. Um, when MP3 for, for threes first came out, I couldn't get my head around it. I was like, no, I want my CD. I want my inlay card. I like my rack of CDs on my wall. And then Spotify came along. And I could suddenly walk around with my, any song I wanted available at the click of a button on my phone and I stopped using CDs and now they're just up in my cupboard and they're not being used. But I felt I needed that, that tangible thing with Bitcoin where people feel like you need something tangible. That's the thing you've got to get your head around. Um, and once you've got your head around that, you know, if you think Bitcoin is for you, then just be, be careful. Don't be greedy, be patient, um, make a sensible investment. And if you want to follow my show, my show is called what Bitcoin did. It's available at whatbitcoindid.com. I'm on Twitter. It's at Peter McCormack. Feel free to reach out to me. And uh, look, thank you for having me on your show. Well, thank you so much for being here. Uh, we really look for the best guests out there and we're honored to have you here. I know the listeners have all learned something. Uh, even I've you know, been in Bitcoin not that long, maybe about three years, a little more than that. Um, but you know, I learned a few things today and it's definitely an entertaining show. Uh, thanks to you. So thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me on, Jonathan. Take care. This audio interview is an original broadcast provided by Cryptocurrency Wire. 
Cryptocurrency Wire, CCW, is a crypto wire news and content distribution syndicate that provides access to a syndicate of wire services via InvestorWire to reach all target markets, industries, and demographics in the most effective manner possible. Cryptocurrency Wire is another brand under the Investor Brand Network. Investor Brand Network may receive payments for corporate communication relations, as well as various press releases and social media solutions provided to its clients. You should assume that officers and directors of Investor Brand Network or financial analysts mentioned hold a position in and may intend to trade the securities for their own accounts. This interview is not an offer or recommendation to buy or sell securities. Information in this broadcast is presented solely for informative purposes and is not intended to be, or should it be construed, as investment advice. As in all investments, investment in the featured company carries an investment risk. Listeners should review the company thoroughly with the registered investment advisor or registered stockbroker. This audio interview by Investor Brand Network is not purport to be a complete study of the featured company or other companies mentioned. Information used and statements of fact have been obtained from featured company and other sources, but not verified nor guaranteed by Investor Brand Network as to completeness and accuracy. Such information is subject to change without notice. Please see our full disclaimers and disclosures at InvestorBrandNetwork.com.